Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Buzz! 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 Welcome into another emergency pod for At The Buzzer, your Ralphie Report podcast, talking about all things Colorado athletics. The last time we had an emergency pod, joyous day, Colorado football announced changes to its leadership. We are still in the midst of that search. Um, however, this one is even more special. This emergency pod is only happy news. Colorado basketball has signed two players, including one that has announced today. And you know when someone's doing a signing day announcement, they are not any, um, you know, it's a big deal. It, it, that means they're a pretty big deal. So once again, we have uh, corralled our emergency pod crew. I am one host, Jack. Uh, our European host, Sam, is back. Hello, Sam. Howdy. And finally, our special stay in Europe, Sam. If you're the European host, you can't you can't come with a howdy. Well, that's the thing is, uh, when you live abroad, away from home, you sometimes get pinned into your identity of where you come from, mm-hmm. and you can lean into that if you would like. My Croatian friend has never been more proud of Croatia than when he lives abroad, and I have never leaned more into the Western aesthetic than I do now. You throw a lot of howdies around then. Yes, I do. And I wear, I have three bolo ties, one of which I just bought, and it's a little buffalo head. And I'm, I'm very proud. For very our listeners at home, you're not seeing our, our podcast recording setup, but Sam is currently wearing all three bolo ties at once and a cowboy hat. <laughs> um, finally, our emergency Who's podcast the, what's guest. The guy, what's always, the name of the buff? What's his name? I always forget. Mark Jackson. Yes, the voice of the buffs. Yeah. Wait, it's not. It's Mark Johnson. Johnson. Sorry. Yeah. If you've seen him in person, that he dresses like he's on a ranch. He's great. He is a rancher. He owns a ranch. Oh, that does not surprise me one bit. Okay. Once again, our emergency pod uh, special guest, as always, returning favorite all star. Put all the accolades on him. Action Network contributor. The real voice of the buffs. Uh, U.S. Men's National Team shit poster. Currently, we have Chase Howell oh, back. Nice. Welcome, Chase. Thank you for having me on. Uh, I'm all tied up in this USMNT stuff. That's the big news of the day, isn't it? We're, we're worried about the roster and who Triple G's picking on his roster. Election Did does Jesus not matter. Did Jesus Ferreira make the team? What's up? Did Jesus Ferreira make the team? Yeah, he did. He's, he's great in FIFA. <laughs> <laughs> you play with a lot of MLS guys in FIFA, Sam. No, I, I buy them when they're an 82 overall playing for like Napoli, and then I, I bring them over. Okay. 
Yeah, that's smart. To, to our Liverpool. Yeah, that's smart. Yeah. Um, some questionable decisions at striker. I don't think Ferreira is the biggest question mark. Though. Okay, that's good. Daryl Dyke is on the team. Okay, never mind. Um, I know. No, 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 what no, are no, we no. talking about, Jack? <laughs> uh, we are talking. Well, I don't think about... that's how you pronounce it, and I, I wouldn't <laughs> it's pronounce not like it that way. DK, my defense. All right, get back, get us back on track. Okay, I'll try. Um, not the U.S. men's national team is what we're talking about. We are talking about Tab Royal's momentous day. We knew that the Erling signing day would have some good things involved, as it always does with Tad Boyle, but today was even more special. Um, two years after landing a top 10 class in early signing day, one year after landing a top 25 class, Tad Boyle does it again and see you not done yet, but they currently have a top 15 class in the 247 basketball recruitings. Um, just incredible what he's done upscaling the recruiting. And it's not just about the numbers. It's about the players that represent those numbers. We're going to talk about the first guy that signed. He has been a commit for quite a while now and it's kind of been quiet because of some of the bigger fish that Colorado basketball has chased. But this is, this type of player is exactly the backbone that Tad Belt is winning off of. Um, so Tad signed a 6'5 guard out of California named Courtney Anderson, um, who has been committed for a few months now. Courtney Anderson had some other Power 5 offers and some other nice California offers. You always like to see that San Diego State offer slide in there for a California guy. Um, but he committed to CU and he signed today. And uh, I, before I go too far, I'll, I'll stop my rant and just saying, like, to me, he is a very classic Tad Boyle guard. That, that's how I feel about Courtney Anderson. Just that's a Tad guy. He, he's kind of that guy that Tad used to recruit when uh, he wouldn't get an actual point guard and he would just get a bunch of combo yes. guards and see if the team could run itself. Mm. Uh, that being and said, though, I, I actually do like him. Yes. He is that guy. Yeah, you you don't want – I think um, – yeah, I don't want to put this label on him because it it's not the exact same, but Chase is right. I put him in like that Deron Hawkins thing of like back in the day when Ronnie Phillips was doing it and Tad Boyle's like, we can fix him. Um, and we don't really need to do mm. that for a point guard with Courtney Anderson. I think they understand that. But um, he fits that mold. He, he's 6'5", plays lead guard for his high school right now, but I don't think he'll do so in college. Um, super long wingspan. And um, as as we have discussed, his, his father was an NFL linebacker, and you can absolutely see that in his physique, even as a 17-year-old. Uh, what, what, what would he contribute immediately? He, if he got minutes. Okay. Well, if he I, got I, minutes. I was about to say, he won't. Um, that's how deep next year's yeah. team is. But um, he would be uh, defense and energy right off the rip, super long arms. And even with this year's team full of plus athletes, I would say he's still on the upper half of next year's team in terms of athleticism. Like he can really bounce. Okay. That's where I'm putting it. Okay. Chase, well, I don't know if you have anything to add there. Yeah, well, we were talking about the combo guard thing. It reminds me of when Tad got Dalen Koontz and Eli Parquet and was like, one of these guys is going to be a point guard. And neither of them turned out to be a point guard. But I think he is very similar to Eli Parquet, and he's probably even more athletic. But I think that's the type of guy that you're getting. It's a guy you can throw out there and lock down the other team's um, best guard, which is obviously really key, especially once you get into tournament play. Yep. 12 and NCAA. You need that lockdown defender. And I think this is the type of guy. Um, I think RG, RJ Smith, who they got last year, could be that guy. But I think Courtney oh. Anderson is even more athletic, even like, more, more longer. And I think he can be a lockdown defender for them. I like the idea of like, like if you 
if you bring in those high level prospects and you round out the classes with kind of those project big guards. Like, I, I, especially because um, we can't, there's a history of developing it. What, Jack? I'm going to disagree with him being a project. I think RJ Smith is exactly what you're talking about with a project. RJ Smith, okay, sure. I'm under recruited, just balled out at Damien High School. Like, you know, you, you pick a guy who averages 18 to 20 points in a Southern California high school league who is a leader for the team. I think that's an easy pickup. He's not going to kill your locker room. You develop him, you let him play defense. Courtney Anderson is the type of guy that in prior classes, he would be the cornerstone. Like he, he's really highly recruited. Like he is top 150 player. He is uh pretty semi, you know, more polished than someone like Parquet was coming out of high school offensively. He is more of a project compared to some of the people we've taken recently, but it's, it, he would be able, he would play early on some old tab oil teams. It's just that with the way that this roster is right now and the level of talent that CU has right now, he's not going to do that. And when you ask the question, what, how would he play if he plays early? It would be through defense and effort, kind of like in that Luke O'Brien mold okay. of just like, he's going to try to crash the boards as hard as possible. He has a body type that a lot of the other guards don't have and that he's literally like, he looks like a linebacker. Like at 17 years old, he's built, dude. Um, so you give him a year with Steve Englehart, he's going to be ripped to shreds. Um, and that's, that's, He's going to be that intimidating lockdown defender. I'll take the best guy on the other team type player um, in the future. You hope so. So um, he fits that mold, but I, I I kind of want to push back on the fact that he's a project. I don't necessarily think he's a project. I just think comparatively there's, there's a lack of polish um, on his offensive game as opposed to the rest of the roster right now. Different profile than a lot of the other guards. Like Hammond and, and Ruffin are not the same dudes as this guy. And to that point, one of the things that Tad keeps on bringing up is that he is only turned 17 in August and he's going to obviously be an 18 year old next August. And which is really, really young um, for a basketball recruit. It seems like all these guys are already 18 now. They end up taking another year so that they can get even taller, get even bigger. Yeah. Um, and Courtney Anderson doesn't need that. He's already ready. He's already has that college basketball side. Has he said anything about like his maturity then? Uh, no, I think that, a oil recruit, they yeah. they vet very highly for maturity. I don't worry about character or maturity. Okay. With that, he with mentioned for, staff or... for both players that signed today, Tad Boyle mentioned that they come from very like solid families. And, um, you know, like he likes the makeup of both of their personalities a lot, which, as as Chase has mentioned, is a luxury that Tad Boyle is continuing to allow himself as his recruiting skyrockets. It's like making sure the fit's really, really there, you know, not to name names or anything, but there's no, like Bryce Peters is not a, uh, an option with Courtney Anderson. It's not that type of guy. Mm. That's one reason why Tad's been so successful getting three-star and maybe even lower four-star recruits and, and making an NCAA tournament team out of that is because he only recruits high character guys. And that's one reason why this team this year could be pretty good. Um, is because this team gels so well. So that we trust Tad with character guys. And now if he's also getting four stars and, and even a five star, that just makes it that much better. Look at that pro transition. I don't even have to do anything. I don't know why I'm here. Um, speaking of getting five stars, that is the big news of today. Um, we talked about this before on the podcast, but Colorado was in the running for a player named Cody Williams all recruiting cycle and Cody Williams has continued to shoot up the prospect boards. Um, he, for a really quick background, his older brother, Jalen Williams was a lottery pick in this past NBA draft 
um, was lightly recruited by CU, decided to go to Santa Clara and balled out after developing there, became the 12th overall pick. Cody Williams, following in that footsteps, developed a little bit late and blew up this past cycle. Has been he's now a almost unanimous five star. ESPN has a top fifteen player in the country. Two four seven has a top has him as a top twenty five player in the country. On three has him in that range as well. Um, so he definitely blew up. His recruitment um, has been pretty. Uh, I would say contentious. Arizona's on there. LSU was on him. UCLA was on him. USC was on him. Arkansas was on him. In the end, it seemed like it came down to Arizona, LSU, and Colorado. He made the smart choice of excluding Arizona from his choice, uh, his choices. And finally, today we all got the news we wanted. Cody Williams has committed and signed as a Colorado Buffalo, the first five star in the Tab Boyle era. Woo! <laughs> um, according to Arizona, though, they were never really in it on this guy. You know, they didn't actually want him is what I'm, I'm hearing. That's so across. weird because mm. they said the exact opposite two weeks ago and a month ago when they really wanted him. Um, so it's strange how something changed in those two weeks. Um, it, it's funny how they've literally never lost a recruiting battle Colorado in either sport. They just stopped recruiting the guys that go to CU. Funny how that works. Um, yeah, Cody Williams, a gigantic recruit. Like, incredibly uh, high. I, I cannot stress enough how big of a deal it is that CU pulled this out. Not only did they pull out a five-star, they pulled out a five-star in an era where, like, obviously, money is flowing. This, like, this is the time of recruitment when money helps you get guys. And Colorado is not going to compete with the LSUs, with the Arizonas, with the UCLAs, with the USCs of the world with money. So, um, you know, I've turned everything into a soliloquy for Tab Boyle, but I'm going to do it again here. Like, once again, just proves, just goes to show, if you are a good coach, if you are honest with players, and if you actually develop and recruit guys by relationship, it will pay off. And that's what this was. That's what this recruitment was, in my opinion. It was really the perfect storm for CU to be able to land a five-star. You don't get many of these types of guys very often. They might come once in a decade, these types of five-star recruits that don't have an ego. They want to be developed. They're not worried about being a one-and-done. They're not worried about their NIL money right now because they know that if they can develop enough, they'll get to the NBA just like Cody's brother already did. Um, So it was kind of just the perfect storm to be able to land a five-star recruit and i don't think that colorado this means that colorado is going to be in position to land a bunch of them down the road just because of all the other factors that five stars typically worry about that cody williams just did not worry about this time. i don't i mean yeah i, I don't think five stars are suddenly lining up to go to the cu's door but i think it does also prove once again that tab Boyle has reached a new level recruiting in this like whatever you want to call this era of his tenure but you know, starting four or five years ago, CU has started to land really, really highly sought after prospects. I think that 2017 class showed that at the beginning, still an all time great class in CU history, right? But he started to even shoot higher and higher and higher. Um, and, and that's, this is, this is tantamount to that. Um, you know, before I don't want to keep talking about the mechanism of the recruiting, but, you know, it, he, Cody Williams mentioned, the, the honesty and the straightforwardness of Tab Boyle and recruiting was a, a factor for him, as well as like the family atmosphere and the program that's been cultivated. He mentioned that the way that they treated his brother during this recruitment and the comfort his family has with his Colorado coaching staff as a, a portion of the recruitment. So, um, all you know, that's that's why you treat every prospect the same no matter what. And that's why 
you know, some of that stuff matters. Like relationships matter. Um, so once again, just a huge coup for the program. Um, and I, you know, I guess I'm saying that and we should probably talk about why it's a huge coup, coup for the program. Um, I have watched now a full playoff game that you played in last year, as well as plenty of mixtapes. So I have my thoughts. There's also scouting reports out there. Um, Sam or Chase, have you guys watched much of Cody Williams highlights? I've um, done pretty much all the mixtapes. I think I've not watched a full game. I'm impressed that you have time to be able to do that, but I would love to watch a full game here soon. And his team, I believe, is going to be ranked in the top 25 um, in the nation, his high school team. And so I'm, I'm going to guess that they're going to be on ESPN a few times this year, or at least watchable somewhere, maybe ESPN Plus as well. Sam, have you okay. watched him? I have watched him. I was watching him a little bit also when we were talking earlier. Mm-hmm. And if you guys were watching me, you would have seen me go mouth agape at a certain drive <laughs> where he takes it in and he has nice little footwork and then he goes in for a lefty scoop layup in traffic. Yeah, like, he oh, loves shit. those scoop layups, man. Nice. Yeah. And the thing is, is that he looks like he's just playing calm. Like he is a walk in the park. Yep. He's just he's just out here for a stroll, just driving through traffic. With Yep. <laughs> I was like I like that a lot, especially like it, it's going to be hard to like separate him from his brother at some point cuz like every time you mention Cody Williams you're like, "Oh, his brother Jalen was just is on the thunder." Um, but like they both seem to process the game like very quickly. And like if the game, like, if it's slow for him, he plays like the game is slow for him. That's so nice. That's amazing. Especially yeah. if, like, like, the issue we have all the time with our talented freshmen is that most of the time where we're recruiting from them geographically, like, they take time to adjust. Mm-hmm. And if he just, he, if he can just come in and just be this kind of player right away, which it looks like he will be, like, I, we've never had that. Yep. That's crazy. Yeah. It is a brand new thing in the tab oil era to have a player like this come in. Um, so Cody Williams is six foot eight, probably a little bit less than 200 pounds. He's skinny as a rail right now. Um, but yeah, his shoulders are thin though. Yeah. Yeah. Um, not the biggest frame. No, not the big, he's never going to be Courtney Anderson. Um, so he's <laughs> he plays. Love that's your frame of reference. Yeah. <laughs> You got to keep it, you know, on point, dude. I'm doing it for the SEO. Um, he's so, not built like Kawhi Leonard. No, he's not built like Kawhi Leonard. I'm trying to think of a, co- I mean, not Kevin Durant. I kind of like Kevin Durant, I guess. That you know, that's skinny. Anthony weird. Ingram. OG. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Brandon Ingram. Obi, yeah, actually, that's 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 actually quite good. Yeah. Why did I say Anthony Ingram? I was thinking Anthony Edwards too. Brandon Ingram. Brandon, Brandon Ingram. Ingram. Yes. This this little... the Slim Reaper 2.0. Um, yeah, so he's, he's six, eight, he plays point guard for his high school, but you know, he's going to play wherever he wants really in college. Um, he's pretty ball dominant. He, he will be able to guard probably one through four, one through three for sure, but one through four, maybe depending on the four, um, in, in college and definitely will be able to play all over the lineup on the other side of the ball. Um, he will, I think probably slot in as like a nice secondary ball handler behind Simpson or Hammond. Um, so just getting a little bit deeper into his scouting report, as Sam mentioned, he has some nasty moves around the basket that let him get some crazy finishes off. His seven-foot wingspan, he uses to its fullest extent where he keeps the, the defender on his hip and the, does these weird finger rolls. Really good touch. 
he's a right-handed player, but he has left-handed drives that just make you go, wow. Um, incredible first step, quickness too. He's going to get by his guy most of the time. Um, really good athleticism and kind quick like, athleticism as well. So it's not like he's I'm just thinking like, a little ahead. bit. I'm thinking a little bit like if Shea Gildas Alexander was taller and a lot less weird. <laughs> um. Okay. I, I just trying to think of CU specific comps, and I came up with a weird hybrid. But I'll I'll bring that up later. I could see that. I think. I mean, it's hard to overstate how long. What's he the weird is. hybrid? You can't just tease it and then not say it. So I I think um, based off of his size, You're... the fact that he likes to drive, he's not a great shooter. Um, I was thinking of a Timmy weird Allen. mix. What's up? Timmy Allen. Oh, Timmy Allen is nice. Oh wow, Timmy Allen's interesting, man. He's he's way less crafty than Timmy Allen because he can just blow by dudes. Like he doesn't have to be as crafty as mm. Timmy Allen is. Okay, okay. Um, I was thinking of a mix between like Xavier Johnson as the CU comp with the the driving ability, the left hand finishes ability, um, and some of the size. Though he's not as, he's not nearly as thick. Um, and I I was struggling with the second guy. We've mentioned Jerron Hopkins too many times here, so I can't use Jerron Hopkins, but. Um, Someone like that in CU's annals. You also um, want people to be excited. You can't just say, oh, <laughs> this five-star we have. But also, my, mean, my vision of Xavier Hop of, of Xavier Johnson is taking a sort of contested, sort of fadeaway three from the left wing. Yeah, well, that's it, not – I mean – Go ahead. I was going to say, as a, as a mix with Xavier Johnson, I think you could throw Spencer Dinwiddie in there. Just I was going to say freshman year Spencer. Oh, super, yeah, super, yeah. Yeah. That's nice. Super skinny Spencer for sure, but he can't shoot like Spencer Dinwiddie. He, he, that's but, probably his okay. So, weakness. so you you've kind of been painting Jalen or Cody Williams as like this fantastic athlete. Is that is that kind of yes. true? Like on yes. the previous podcast, you've said like, okay, so I I see I see obviously there's a lot of athleticism there. There's an NBA level athleticism there. But it looks like on the college level, yes, he's athletic, but I wouldn't say like he's like like crazy athletic. He just looks more fluid than explosive. And he doesn't really jump that high from uh he certainly absolutely can jump pretty high. Yeah. Good footwork. I, I think he can yeah, jump he just high. Doesn't. Um, I don't think it's part of his game. I think like you said, everything about his game is really smooth. Um so it he looks calm. All the time. He has good handles for how big he is. I think, you know, good to great handles for how big he is. Um, and definitely never feels rushed. But, like, as an example, right, we would say that Derek White, he's a better athlete than Derek White. But, like, Derek White didn't jump that high all the time. And he still yammed on that Utah dude. Like, when he wanted to, he <laughs> could, he, right? Is he a better athlete than Derek White? Because Derek White, oh, like, what? he tested what? in the combine, like, craziest explosives. Yes, he is a. I yes, he is a better. I would say he's a better athlete than Derek White, I, unless mm. I think you are overrating. Maybe not. You know, Derek White's a really good player. Um, but I think on his surface, he definitely looks more athletic than Derek White. Um, I just he, haven't really seen that many six foot four guards do a two handed block against the backboard. Dy had some athleticism for sure. I think. How we should categorize it is he's a fluid athlete. He might not be as explosive as like a six eight guy that can just jump out of the gym, but he's a fluid athlete for sure. Yes. Yeah, okay. Thanks, Chase. 
Also, I, I think um, yeah. you've mentioned it a couple times, but the most impressive thing to me when I watch him is his ability to go left or go right, use his right hand yep. or his left hand when he's getting to the hoop. I think that is so key for someone that's 6'8 and loves to drive. Um, mm. And I think that's why he's so unpredictable for defenders. And I think that also helps his first step when we talk about him being explosive. I think it's because he becomes so unpredictable that he can go left and go right. And I think that's what's most impressive. He looks like he has a good feel for space, too. He does, yes. Um, and and what's nice about him being a lead guard is you can kind of see some of the vision. I don't think it's I don't think he's like you know a generational passing talent, but I do think that Cody Williams absolutely can space the floor, can feel out where his teammates are and maybe where they should be too, um, and has the length to make passes from weird spots and in weird angles that allow for for some nice movement. Um, so yeah. I, I mean, just offensively, just has so many tools in his bucket. And the thing that I'm most excited about is the fact that he's already such a plus finisher. Like, watching Lawson Levin go one for seven on layups against UC Riverside, <laughs> um, I, I want to see someone who can who can make some of some of those weird layups. That that sounds great to me. You're not done with Evan Batty throwing just yeah, yeah. Stuff and then just another good example yes or, or early tyler bay when he could easily dunk just going like no nah, i'm just gonna hit the side of the rim and make sure it goes out of bounds instead um yeah yeah i'm excited <laughs> for some stuff that's not that um and and that's I what we talked about imagine like, a cu team that finishes layups like <laughs> yeah. it's just like not in my i guess jabari that's it I mean, do you remember how excited? Do you remember how excited we all were too to watch Jariah Horn just throw in junk, and we're like, "Oh, you can just do that! Oh, you can just like bank oh, stuff man, in. Man. That's sweet, man." Huh. Yeah. Yeah, Chase. I think he's more athletic than Jariah Horn. I think we can. Oh, we can say that. Uh, yes. Oh, yeah. Yes, a hundred. Yes, a hundred percent. He can't shoot like Jariah, but yeah, he's oh man. I'm just so like like Sam mentioned, we just not had a player come in like this under Tab Boyle. Like he will immediately be pretty polished offensively and really exciting defensively. Um and this is the last part I want to talk about. Um is is I find it very, very hard not to have incredible aspirations for this team next year. Um so we I think we can all assume that even though there's only two departing seniors, CU will likely take three guys in this recruiting class, the last one of them being a big man. Um, we've talked about two local guys on the podcast before, Bay and Dongo and Asane Diop. Um, they are both still available with Asane Diop announcing in seven days. Um, and, and I think that it's likely that CU will, will ask someone to move on next year and take three this cycle. Um, with that being the case, next year's team... I don't know how that's not top, you know, I don't know how that's not a top 20, top 25, top 16 team. It, it, it just is incredible. Like the talent there, it, I get way too excited about next year's team. Um, and, and I'm interested to see where you guys think Cody Williams fits in that lineup. Well, first of all, great transition. I'm very proud of you. Thank you. Second of all, Chase, I want to hear your thoughts. <laughs> Um, well, first of all, I, I, I want to be excited about this year's team. Mm. And I'm okay. still not sure about them yet. But I really want to be excited and I want to enjoy this year because I think it's going to be your typical Tad Boyle year where we win a lot of games that we shouldn't and we lose a lot of games that we shouldn't. 
um, which is always fun. But maybe next year we might not lose as many of those games that we shouldn't, and we'll win all the games that we should. Um, yeah, I mean, it's obviously super exciting. All the guys that you're returning, you don't have a returning senior on the roster this year. Um, so the two guys that you're going to lose are guys that are one-year guys that are going to be contributors to this team. But I think after what we saw on Monday, they're not going to be elite players for this team. They're probably not even going to start that much uh-huh. um, for this team. So you're really going to return likely all five of your starters, and then you're going to throw in a five-star and likely two four-star recruits right behind them. So, um, yeah, there's a lot to be excited. I think it's kind of similar to um, Creighton this year. And everybody is hyping up Creighton to be this um, top five team nationally. Are they top five in the AP poll? They might be top 10, somewhere in that area. Um, but they were not very good last year. They were very up and down. They lost a lot of games they shouldn't. They almost didn't make the NCAA tournament. Um, I think they got in right at the end, didn't they? They still got and, Marcus Zagorowski. No, they do not. <laughs> that, that guy was fun. Um, they're but nine. that's a team that like everybody is hyped up because of all that they're returning, all the production that they're returning, and they brought in a couple five stars. And I think that's could be what we're looking at when we get to 2023, 2024 with the CU Buffs team. And I wouldn't be surprised if they are ranked um, to start the season next year, which would be a ton of fun. When was the last time a CU team was ranked to start the year? Had to be Spencer's junior year. No, I was no. thinking of Skip Booker when they won the Charleston Classic. Yeah, when that that season ended in Seattle University's right. gym. <laughs> Go Redbirds. Um, yeah, I yeah, I, I could see that comp. I think we can aim higher than that though, honestly. Like we said this in the two hour preview we did with Ben and and Will. Everyone please listen. Um, but this team to me is this is a, like you said, classic tab oil growth year. A lot of guys that are growing up into upperclassmen, and if they can do that early in the season. Um, this team has this potential to be really special too. Um, it has a potential to be an NCAA tournament team. If everyone grows early and figures out their role um, and, and steps up, but you're asking for a lot of people to step up all at the same time. And I just doubt that happens with 19 to 20 year olds, just hard to do. Um, but next year, once a lot of that has been pained out this year, like most of the growing pains are done this year um, with all of that people stepping into new roles you are looking at a roster that is senior heavy, junior heavy, has incredible young talent also there. Um, and the depth will be absolutely incredible. So let me ask you, th- here's the last question I have, because it's, it, it's I went, went back and forth with CU Goose on Twitter about this. Um, who? What's your, say we have to get the rotation down. Say we have to get the rotation down to eight men. Like what's your rotation? What's your starting lineup looking like with the three bench guys? Because I find it really hard. Like, next year's team is incredibly loaded if you look at it that way. Um, mm. And yeah. if we assume if we assume that um, it's not one of the bigger contributors moving on, like if we assume that's not Clifford wanting more minutes or De Silva going pro or something like that, and both those guys are coming back, um, I guess I'll get it started with my starting lineup. It's incredible. You got, you got junior KJ Simpson. You have, I'm assuming, freshman Cody Williams immediately starting. Um, I don't know if he's finishing games, but he's definitely going to start games. And then I'm starting both Nick Clifford and De Silva as seniors. I think those are going to be two of the best players in the team. And then I'm probably finishing off with starting Lawson Lovering as as the fifth guy. Just has the size. He's already looking really good defensively. And then trying to get that rotation out of eight men is hard. I think you, Javon Hadley is automatic sixth man and the all like the best sixth man in the conference if he is next year. And then you have someone like Julian I think Hammond. He's probably better as a fifth starter. Well. 
Over this who, is why this me? is a good this is why it's an interesting discussion. Um and then I, I have Julian Hammond conversation. Yeah, I'll do it. I'll go over mine. I, I have Julian go Hammond ahead, as, as the seventh guy. Um and then I think as the eighth guy, it's gonna be a weird mix up between like Luke O'Brien, Javon Ruffin has to be somewhere in there, probably. Um, and then a mix of Joe Herbert and Asane Geop slash Bay and Dongo slash big guy that's gonna be in this class because you need yak, size. Yak. Damn. Yak yak. Damn, okay. Australian. If you I think if you wait, you said a mix of O'Brien plus those other bigs. Yes. yes. Okay, that's what I was about to say. I was gonna say, like, if you have Lovering starting and the Silva, you don't necessarily need another big man, but it would be nice. Well, to, to, I mean, yeah, totally true. I, the problem with my what I just put out is like we have no idea what Quincy Allen is. That guy was a top fifty recruit at one point, and he wasn't even in the eight man for next year. Like, wh- that's yeah. got to be you know. Maybe he's the guy that leaves. I don't know, but like okay. he was, there wasn't room for him in there. And Ruffin has to be. He's gonna get minutes. Ruffin was really solid. Like he's gonna get minutes. I don't know. It's just impossible for me to try to do. I that. like Ruffin. Uh, I like Ruffin too, just because he can so, shoot the lights out. But, um, I yeah, think Quincy's I agree. Not in the rotation this year. Is he Quincy's like eleventh or twelfth guy? I don't know if Quincy's gonna play much at all. And maybe as we go on this year, once we get into January or something, he might be playing more. But it looks like he's the. He's the odd man out right now as a top fifty recruit. Speaks to the depth again. I don't. I don't think it's. I don't think it's not like he's just trash and that's why he's not playing. I think this team is deep enough. We don't have to take the chance on Quincy Allen. It sounds like the biggest issue with Quincy Allen is consistency. So, if you know, mm-hmm. but in a world where he figures that out, that's what do you do with that next year? What do we do? I, it's in, I don't yeah. even know. Sorry, go ahead, Sam. Well, especially because like the, the 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 transfers they did add, they're all. Big-ish wings, or like Ethan Wright isn't very big, but he plays bigger than he is, um, who kind of fill the, the role Quincy Allen could fill. And they just, they've just been playing better than him, apparently, in practice. So they've been more consistent, more available. Uh, so, I mean, like, if, if he doesn't win a starting rotation spot, like, it's not because he didn't necessarily, like, deserve it. It's because the other guys just were better than him. And these guys, like these, I did not know what to expect from Javon Hadley. And I think that right now, over Nick Clifford, I think we have to see a Kobe Weevil oh. in one game and one scrimmage. I think we have to see what happens with Nick Clifford as he develops this season. But I think right now, with Cody Williams coming in, Cody Williams takes a starting spot. Javon Hadley has a starting spot for me. And then I have KJ Tristan and Lawson Lubbery with Nick as the sixth man. Which I like because he's 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 a. But would Nick Clifford yeah. transfer if you said you're gonna get off go off the bench next year? I feel like he would. I would if I were him. No, 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 no. I don't think so. All right. I mean, Nick is a good kid. Like, I don't want to say that if you transfer, you're a bad kid. I feel like it's... okay. No, no, no. Okay, okay. Sorry. sorry. <laughs> I think in terms of like, if he can be like he he wants to be a supporting role player that makes the team better. Like, that's what he wants to be as a basketball player. What? Maybe. Yeah, I think you're probably no, this is right, really... but that's just such a, a I... waste of his potential to me. Like, he can be so Okay, much... sure. I think, though, but I also think that, like, this mentality of, like, like, he did, he talked to me and Jack Carlo about basically 
he wanted to learn from Deshaun Schwartz on how to be like a good positional defender and a good shooter to make everybody's lives easier, like like to basically be a better teammate and to mm-hmm. help win. And I think maybe part of that mentality might hold him back, to be honest, because like he's talented enough to where he should want to be like the lead guy. Um, but I think like if 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 he is fully bought into CU as a program, if he wants to contribute to winning basketball, and this could be a really good team, being a six man is fantastic. I would love to be a six man. Like that's my dream job. <laughs> like you don't have the pressure of being a starter. You don't have to worry about spacing. You play. You get to be the lead ball handler against worst defensive players. It's great. Still get to play twenty minutes, twenty five if you're playing well. That's good. Um, I think that's a good point. I and and I, I guess the last point I have on that is this is where the program's at. Where I'm pretty confident Cody Williams is a really really good player, and I'm also pretty confident that Cody Williams next year will be at best CU's third or fourth best player. Like next year's team has some high level talent and has some high level depth. Um, so <laughs> I, I just can, we need one star on this team. What's up? This current team, we just need one star, basically. But that, but that's what this year is for, right? Is developing some of that. Like I, I'm just imagining senior year Tristan De Silva just being an absolute killer, and then junior year KJ Simpson realizing that he's a man, right? Like that's crazy to me. And then you also have guys like Nick Clifford that can blow up at any time. Cody Williams is a huge ad, um, and and you know Lawson Lovering is still. Watching him move around on Monday against UC Riverside, it's just so obvious how much of a defensive force he is. And if he can get that offensive side figured out too, oh my god, oh my god! His his passes were nice against Riverside, mm-hmm. by the way. Mm-hmm. All right, Chase, you've been he's sitting there much patiently. Here. Like the only thing that Lawson's missing is touch and mm-hmm. confidence. So probably two things, but <laughs> all he needs is to be able to finish around the rim, and he could be a really, really good player. And another year of strength training mm-hmm. will do him very well with this new strength coach. Do you have a rotation? Uh, I think I agree mostly with you guys. I think I right now I would have Neek in the starting spot over Javon, but it looks like Javon's going to definitely make a case this year. Um, so it'd be hard to speculate just because we have to see how they do this year, which I guess is always a lame answer. But um, I agree with you guys. I think Neek, KJ... Cody Williams, Lawson Lovering, and De Silva are, are your five next year. And you could probably go 12 deep with the roster that's going to be behind that. Oh, you got to cut it to eight. That's not the game. I know. I can't cut it to eight. It's you can't cut it to eight? I love all my kids equal. I'll do it for you. <laughs> Hammond is in there for you, right? Hammond has to be in there, yeah. Okay. Unless he's the guy that And then there. you would have Hadley in there. So that's seven. Yeah, Hadley or Neek. The all right, man and out. then, and then your you, bigs. Okay, which would be Luke O'Brien, Joe Hurlbert, and mystery job. prospect coming in. What? Hassan Ajat. Oh, okay. yes. If we get him. If we get him, yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, which, you know, let's talk a little bit about that. We can kind of narrow down who this mystery third guy might be. Um, it's easy that we have three local big men. They're all huge targets. So that's an easy place to start. We know it's probably going to be a big. Taz Boyle's talked about that before, how he needs a big in this class. Um Bayfall is the highest of highly rated bigs in this class. He's the number one center in the country, local. Um, but doesn't look like he's going to go anywhere other than Arkansas, and we'll see if he goes to Arkansas. He might be a straight G League to NBA guy. Um, so write him off. 
But then we have a sauna job. Like Arkansas would have to pull off some funny business to get that man. <laughs> and we've never seen Eric right. Muscle and or Arkansas do that to get a guy eligible. We've never seen that happen. No, that's crazy. That'd be very out of character for Eric Musselman and, mm, and yeah. just the university in general. Um, Bayfall, not an option at this point. Asana Jop and Bayandongo, both options, both four-star big men locally. A little bit different profiles there. Asana Jop, I would say, is a little more polished. Um, definitely has some really nice passing to his game. Kind of knows where to move. Um, pretty decent stroke, honestly, but like still athletic, still really athletic. There's a reason he's a he's a mid-four-star. Um, he's choosing between Colorado, Arkansas, and I forget the third one um, within the next week here. Who was it? Seton Hall. Seton Hall. Hall. Wow. Shaheen Holloway doing work out here, man. Um, In the dream. So, Bayfall's still considering uh, Seton Hall as well. That's in his top three. Sweet. Good for them. Um, Go Pirates. Um, Angel Delgado, Ralphie Report legend. We talked about him about a million times. Next one is Bayandongo, who I would say is a little bit of a raw-er prospect, but seems to have a lot more athletic potential as well. He is an absolute freak athletically. Um, he came out a little bit late. Sounds like he's deciding mainly between CU and Michigan right now. Um, so that's good company to be in. Michigan bigs are usually pretty good, and Juwan Howard seems to know what he's doing with big guys, I would say. Um, so interesting third piece there and really high floor if those are some of the, some of the ones you're choosing between. Um, so I don't know whether it is Jopper and Dongo. I'd expect him to play some next year. Right. I would imagine. No. Why are we forgetting about our boy Yak Yak? <laughs> we have to talk about Yak Yak. Um, he's in the mix. Oh, sorry. I thought you were doing a funny name for like Jakob Pertle or something. I was like, what the fuck? Is this? No, he, he's the third option of the bigs. He's from Australia, and he might even have the highest ceiling just because we don't know too much about him. But How do you spell Yak Yak? Y-A-K-K-Y-A-A-K. Yep. Wait. Y-A-A-K? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Twice. Twice. So, okay. yeah, Australian big guy, thicker than the other three we mentioned. He's already built as hell as an 18 year old um some interesting programs after him if you want the full scoop please visit inside the herd of 247 sports give adam some patronage he's dying over there the community's desperate for football news he's got to give him something else to talk about because there are a lot of discussions um that is not fun for him to be a part of right now um but regardless he has the full scoop on yak yak um some big-time programs after him as well, and some long-term really good international recruiting programs, which is a good sign because you don't want to be the only guy on the international prospect. We saw that with Jakob Dombeck. did not go well. Um, so let's – like, like for example, St. Mary's is trying to recruit Yak Yak. Perfect Australian. Randy Bennett knows his Australians. You want to be for the same Aussies that Randy Bennett's going for. Um, but, yeah, also Yak Yak, really good shooting stroke. I would say slower athletically than the other three, but he can shoot, and he's huge, um, which are two good things. I love him. I love watching him <laughs> um, just because he's a fun player. You don't get many seven-footers that are that massive that can shoot the way that he can shoot. Um, and you're exactly right. The last guy that CU beat St. Mary's for was uh, Jabari Walker. Hey, hey. Uh, Jabari Walker, the if it keeps, keeps on giving, I don't know if, if we saw that, but Jabari Walker's family uh, talked to Jalen Williams and Cody Williams' family because they're both in the same Arizona prep circles. So um, definitely putting a good word for Tad there in terms of his development. Um, so Jabari Walker, the if it keeps giving, 
Suck it, Randy Bennett. Um, Jakob yeah. Dombek transferred to Hartford, didn't crack the rotation, and now he's playing at Davenport University D2. What what happened to my boy um, Lazar uh, Nikolic? He's that, playing. In that is Italy. three straight Ralph Report podcasts that we have mentioned Liza Nikolic. That has to be a record. Go! <laughs> oh my god, that's yeah, incredible! He's, he's, I mean, he plays so in he plays in Rome. I have a I have his poster in my room. It's, <laughs> oh, it's yeah, player poster. I have you have to room. get that signed. I <laughs> know. I need it. Maybe someday he'll come back. I know he's still in. Still talks to a lot of the CU guys. I can um, I can talk to I can get you Josh Fortune. He plays in Denmark. Okay. But yeah. That's, so that's all I can do. I I mean just to put a bow on it, if that is the potential, if any of those guys are your potential third guy you're adding to this class, it's just an incredible recruiting class. Again, it is a huge testament to Tab Boyle. Again, that all we're hearing about on the football side of things is institutional problems. You can't win here. And it's like, shut up. Look at this guy who's doing all of that at the highest level he's ever done it at the same goddamn institution. I'm sick of the slander. Hang the banner. Build the statue. It's incredible what he's doing. No NIL program, no problem. He's going to make an NIL program by using some weird-ass third-party contract stuff because, of course, he is. All he ha- knows how to do is win and recruit at Colorado. Two things the football program cannot do so please support tab boyle the stands on monday were terrible we're selling out you, for you forgot Owen 8 colorado against cal and we can't fill up uc riverside we can't even do 75 percent uc riverside oh my god i got so mad i'm heated now sorry but like just you, get the dude you cross. forgot something that was beautiful i love that can we you just let him go on the rest of the show you have anything else to say jack <laughs> that was that was a lot of it, but I just you gotta love it. I mean, come look at the thing he is building and just marvel. Like Colorado basketball is a monster and will be a monster thanks to Tad Boyle. Um, and I just I just you love said, this class. You said win and recruit, and you forgot developing NBA talent. That's true. It's not just like he's getting great players in here on the lowest recruiting budget in the Pac-12, by the way, Rick George, by the way, lowest recruiting budget in the Pac-12. He is also making those players better every single year. And I don't want to forget this as well. I believe it's still true. Every single senior in the Colorado Buffaloes program has graduated. That is a huge deal. And that is something that's also incredible. It is not just there for the wins and he's not just there for the developing of the basketball side. These people generally end up as college graduates and better people than they started, and that's you know, he's doing he's doing it all, folks. He's doing it all. Am Support I, the man. Am I a better kind of person? Cherry pick stat. Well, you can graduate. What's up? Lazar Nikolic hasn't graduated, but he wasn't a senior. At I said I that's true. It is a quote unquote cherry pick stat, but you you'd be shocked at how many programs do not um, succeed at that cherry pick stat. There are a lot of them. So um, has Bryce many... Peters graduated? What's up? Did Bryce Peters graduate? Don't ask that question. Uh, I I have no idea where Bryce Peters ended up. I don't think he. I don't think he ever made it back to school. Oh, he he did briefly. So did you yeah, stall, you guys stall while I look this up. Okay. So, anyways, those are my thoughts. Any final thoughts here, Chase? I thought that that was a beautiful rant, and there's yeah, no way that I can say that. any of that better myself. So why even try? Uh, I'm not too worried about attendance, though. So don't, don't they show up for the big games? They always do. 
Do we really need that many families at UC Riverside? I mean, look around the country. Maybe Duke, Kansas, like your really big blue bloods, they might pack the student section, but there are not a lot of uh, college basketball programs that are packing their student section every single game. They will for the big games, and we know the CU students will show up for the big games. It's it's tough to do on a Monday night. You got schoolwork. You're back into the groove. I'd I'm just. I'm not too it. worried about. It. I'm just sick of it. I get it, and you know, it, it's it's such a Colorado thing too, where a Saturday football game can be an event, an outdoor event that people are about, you know, happy to hype to go to. Like that's part of it too. But like, we are one in nine or whatever in football, and that for that stadium has been packed at every single kickoff. I've been there. I've been part of the problem, and it's just like I just give the man. He literally said that in the press conference today. When he's talking about recruiting Cody Williams and what he thinks he can bring to the program. You know what the first thing he mentioned was? Some excitement because I want to see more people get excited about us. We have a really fun team this year and we want more people in the stands. And I hope that signing someone as impactful or as big of a deal as this helps with that excitement. He's talking about it. He is challenging our fans. And we need to absolutely be there for him because he is working goddamn miracles in Boulder right now. And it's it's going – it's just – I don't know. Just please be like buy the tickets. Show up. It's worth it. It's worth I think it. the timing is right for what Tad was saying to actually work out. I do think, like, there's a lot of CU football fans that haven't paid too much attention to basketball over the last five, ten years that are like, oh, this is actually a really good program. This is, might be where I want to invest my money. This might be where I want to buy tickets. Um, I think there's a significant portion. I mean, you look on the Buff Stampede board, They all they want to talk about is football, and there might be a big thread of basketball, some big news, and you might get two, three responses, but you'll get 100 responses on pretty much every single football topic. So I think this could generate some buzz. It feels like it generated a lot of buzz on Twitter and all over the message boards today, and I do think there are going to be some of those alumni type fans that are are going to wake up a little bit and start investing some money into the program that is actually good. For Have reference, for reference I got my friends $8 tickets for the Yale game. $8 to watch this team. $8 folks. All right, sorry. That's that's one Twitter subscription. Sorry, continue. It's Sam. also like if you go to a football game on a Saturday, that takes your entire Saturday. You can go to a basketball game, a 7 p.m. basketball game and it's just that night. Six to ten yeah. is the time that you have to commit. Yeah, and you can eat at Yellow Belly before, right, Jack? It closed down. Rip. Oh, damn. Um, I have an update on Bryce Peters. He transferred to Northwest Florida Junior College. Did not make it onto the roster. Oh. But if – what? I My heart hurt when you said that. You said what happened? I don't know. This is I, I found no other basketball for him. But if he did – Northwest Florida is make it. He would have played uh, with Daniels, which is from? weird. No, uh, yeah, Max Daniels. It might have been the same college, actually. Yeah, that's familiar. Really? Um. Wow, Brad's Pe- We're ending this. We're ending this entire supposed to be celebration. <laughs> no, Tad Boyle. Florida, Florida Southwestern State. Florida Southwestern State. Uh, All right. You said what? North Northeastern. North- Sam, you owe us your final. Sam, you also your final thoughts on this class. I'm I'm nipping this in the bud right now. We're done, Maddox Daniels, Bryce Peters talk. Talk to us about this 2023 recruiting class before we shut shut it down. Uh, um, from the three bigs that we're looking at, I'm good with all of them. I'm good. Uh, I think I would prefer which one's the best one, Asana Jock. Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll prefer him. I don't want anything on him. 
I didn't know what to think about Courtney Anderson. I didn't know if she was going to be like RJ Smith where we kind of just forget about him for four years. And then he kind of shows up as a junior or senior as a 10th man. As a high school recruit, he's definitely better than RJ Smith. Okay. Yeah. Not to disrespect RJ Smith, by the way. Uh, Wouldn't it be nice to be in a position as a program where a two-year captain at Damien High School and 20-point-per-game scorer is just a forgotten-about 10th man for four years? Wouldn't that feel like a nice (laughs) program? (laughs) It was a really nice program. Um, I'm more excited now that you guys basically said he's a more polished, more ready Eli Parquet. That's crazy. I'd like to see how his shot develops, if he is there. I also found out CU has not been in the preseason top 25 since 1969-70, in which... Cliff Mealy. Were, That's the Cliff Mealy year. Cliff Mealy's yes. junior year. Yep. And then they sucked. <laughs> <laughs> they went 14-12. and 12. What? <laughs> Didn't they go to the Elite Eight right around that? No, that was the year before. That's why yeah, this, they this was it, but... this was the start start of the end of the Sox Well Set era is what Sam's talking about, where it's just too inconsistent despite the talent coming in. Oh, so I didn't the know last that. time was nineteen sixty seven. You said nineteen sixty nine. Sixty nine. Yeah, I think they're going to yeah. do it in twenty twenty three. Top five? Yeah. Did you say top five or top twenty five, Sam? Top twenty-five. Top twenty-five. That was the last the time. That was the last time CU was um, preseason top twenty-five was nineteen sixty-nine. That's also the. That's also the only time they've ever been preseason top twenty-five. Are you shitting me? Are you serious? Yeah, because preseason polls, I think. Oh my were god! From Not even 40? Spencer Dinwiddie's yeah. junior year. Are we sure? Yeah, I'm very sure. I'm even looking at the stats. Oh my God! 2013-14, which what you're is what you're talking about? Yes. Let me find the schedule. We played Oregon uh, and Harvard. They were not top twenty-five. What? We played we were Oregon not top and... twenty-five until one, two, three, four, five weeks into the season. After we beat Kansas at home, we were unranked against Kansas. I thought they were ranked for Kansas. That's interesting. Mm, not that I see. Maybe I thought we were preseason ranked the year after that when Spencer blew his knee out. Maybe that's what I'm thinking of. Which we were not because we went 16 and 18. No, but preseason. Preseason ranked. No, but everybody knew that team was not very good. What the? That is, ins- that is an insane stat, what you just said. That is an incredibly crazy stat. Oh my God! Build a statue. That year, we we we. Oh, that was the year we had the the game against Auburn late at night. Was that? The yeah, that, that's just that's no. You're thinking oh, of Skia Booker's senior year, man. Yeah. All right, I have to fact check yeah. you on this whole thing now. No, no, no. I know that's what you said. The year after he tore his ACL, that would be a Skia mm-hmm. Booker senior year. No, well, no, no. The Kansas okay, year Spencer is different. And Skia came into the same class. It was a senior. Yeah. the year. No, I know. After he I know. I know. I know. I know. And you said, yeah. And then Jack said maybe they were top twenty-five after Spencer blew blew out his knee. But no, because Spencer wasn't. Yeah, there. no. I'm looking, and yeah, Sam, exactly. I'm sorry for doubting you, and I'm sorry for being so combative. I'm just falling off that rant. You are correct. The last time CU was preseason ranked was 1969. That is absolutely incredible. Thank you. And they that should is have incredible. been. They should have been in the top twenty-five going into McKinley's. Senior year. Absolutely, they should have. Absolutely. Man, 
Yeah, we, we that, break that I think we break that streak. That's that's how we'll end this podcast. I think this recruiting class helps break that streak next year. But also, before we get into anything recruiting, before we think too far ahead. Too late for that, dude. One game. I know. We have no idea what this team is going to be. Uh, we have some idea. Preseason top 25, the Buffs would probably have to have some success in the NIT, maybe. I think I, to be- uh, yeah, we can talk about this later in the season, but I think you'd have to get to 20 wins for sure. And you'd have to get some postseason success for sure. Which I think Which is possible. Yeah, I mean, possible. MIT success is not off the table. No, they ran in a buzzsaw of San Bonaventure last year. The Bonnies. That that big was absolutely incredible. I, was, I think that's still the best big C you played all year. That dude was oh, nuts. Really? What's up? Never mind. Right. Um, what else we got? That's it, right. man. We, 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 Let's end with one random CU basketball player. I want to hear who everybody thinks will be CU's next head coach as of today. We uh, we gotta wrap up. No, no, let's wrap up with that. Just a name, just a name. name. Put it in the ether. My my guess, my actual guess, not what I want, but my actual guess would be Jeff Grimes. Sam, all right. Um, what word on the street is that Bronco Mendenhall is not being considered? It's a smoke screen. He's I, yeah, I've heard conflicting reports on Bronco. It's Bronco. Boom. Chase? I'll go with Ryan Walters. All right. Not necessarily who I want. I don't want that for him. There, but I think that one makes the most sense. All right. He before we get better. too deep down the football dark hole, let's keep it bright about CU basketball. <laughs> Thank you for joining us, Chase. Once again, you can always find him on Twitter, and you can always find some of his work at Action Network. He's still doing some great stuff there. Um, any other plugs I'm missing? No, I think you're a great it. hat. Thank Shout you, out Chase. to 10th and Uni, no free ads. There you go. <laughs> All right. Go Buffs! 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 Buffs!